for Spooktober, I watched two David Cronenberg movies. I have never seen a David Cronen David Cronenberg movie, I don't think. So I watched two of the most famous from his 80s run of uh, movies. I, first, I watched Videodrome, which was good. It was good. 25, 6, 26. It was good. Um, very trippy, very hard to tell what was symbolic and what actually was happening. Uh, almost like a Jordan Peele movie to an extent where you're like, how much of this is supposed to be for the metaphor and how much of this is actually happening in the plot gets a little sloppy, but it's good. And then I watched the fly, uh, with, uh, John, Jeff, Goldblum, um, good old Jeff. The fly was very good. That's a 21. Um, very incredibly creepy effects, very tragic, very well written and acted and, uh, grossed me out. I couldn't eat while I watched it. That's for sure. So there you go. Thumbs up on both. Fair enough. Uh, one more side note about don't worry, darling. If you guys go watch it, if you decide to watch it, um, there are a couple of times where it is feels like it comes out of nowhere where the two main characters uh, warning to the audience um, Harry Styles does perform fellatio oh, no. acts on Florence Pugh uh, out of nowhere like it feels so misplaced and then at one point Chris Pine watches it so um Oh that my. was my, I think that's my only complaint about the movie. I was like, why did I have to watch that? Okay. Uh, I, I will add that as a complaint on Videodrome. The fly had none of this. The fly was, I mean, there were a couple, there were some scenes where you have to cover your eyes a little bit, cover, you know, I mean, not for children. And there was some, some sexual stuff, but yeah. Videodrome was like out the wazoo. And I guess they were trying to drive home the point because the whole movie is about how media corrupts us and like the violence and sex in movies is bad and, and, mm-hmm. and or it's not, it's not quite that di- like simple of a take. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. But so the first 20 minutes is like borderline pornographic. Um, not like, I mean, I, that's an exaggeration. Obviously I, I wouldn't have watched it if it was like that, but it was, uh, there were just a lot of, intimate scenes where I had to just fast forward and look away and, and wait until it was over. So um, I'm not necessarily recommending it, but I am saying that it was a, it was a well-made movie and the second half was really good. Um, right on. If I ever watch that, I will keep that in mind. Um, how many more do you have left? One. Okay. Then I'll just, two, I'll knock three. Three. Perfect. Um, I'm going to do these three like I thought I was going to. I'm going to talk about the Zombies trilogy on Disney. Um, the Disney Zombies movies. Uh, what? I watched all three of them um, with Megan. Um, and they are not good but they're funny because they're not good. I don't even know what movies you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think the first one came out in like 2017. Like, 
Oh, we had so aged these- out of their targeted audience for their movies a little bit by that point. Um, you mean by the time I was in college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time I was about to graduate high school. Um, yeah, um, they're funny. They're really funny to watch. I would actually recommend watching them to you um, because they're not great and they're just they feel really corny. It the 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 whole movies trilogy. Uh, really hones in on this idea of segregation. Keep in mind, it's like a really like there's poppy colors. It's very kid friendly. It's a musical. Um, it has a lot to do with cheerleading throughout the trilogy. Um, so the, the stories follow this character. I think his name is Zed and he's a zombie and they live in this town of like wherever Seattle, sea, seaside, Seabrook, something like that. And uh, the zombies are segregated by the normal humans. And then they learn how to be equal, except the main proponent against them, the main person leading the charge against equality between zombies and humans is the head cheerleader. Um, I, I don't know why. Um, and then the second movie they do the same exact thing, right? So zombies and people are living together, except now werewolves are involved and they do the whole thing all over again. Cause like, Oh, werewolves are savage, dirty savages that we shouldn't accept them into our society. <laughs> and then the zombies are like, no, they're good too. Except they weren't, they had malicious. So, wait, the all that, so, hold on. Stop. They're yeah. all sentient. Like the zombies are just people. Yeah. They're just people. Why they, they have like have a wristband. They have like a, a wristband that like. What stops. are the negative effects of hey, being a zombie? Then? Nothing. There's not like rotting flesh or anything. Different? No, they there's no. Have, they look sleepier than usual. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not. There's no rotting flesh. There's no desire to eat brains. They're completely sentient. Yeah, like they have a like a sciency wristband, and when the wristbands are turned off or they're malfunctioning, then they go into like a, a ragey kind of I'm gonna okay. eat brains, and they also have like superhuman strength. Oh, there's also the main the main story is of a zombie guy falling in love with a cheerleader human girl. And it follows their journey throughout okay. the movie. So it's like and heroes. Then, yeah, no, yeah, sure. And they uh have to they have to battle love through segregation it feels like a really cheap way to do that i feel like it's really minimizing the uh concept of racial segregation um just feels like it should i don't know i don't know never mind i don't know whatever uh the second movie werewolves uh the third movie aliens um so they just skipped over vampires went to aliens yeah, and the aliens come to Earth, and the whole time the main cheerleader girl is like trying to figure out her place. Oh my gosh, I forgot something. the The first in the first movie, right? Uh, sure. The whole time the zombies are like, "We we want to be accepted. We're different," and that's like, okay, right. that makes sense. They're highlighting an issue of segregation, and then the main cheerleader girl is like, "I also want to be accepted. I've never felt accepted. I feel like I've had to hide a part of myself." And they're like, "Oh, why?" And then she pulls off her wig. She wears wearing a blonde wig and she has like white hair and that's it. That's the reveal. She has white hair. 
What? You're like, (laughs) okay, stop talking about these movies. Just give them a ranking. Uh, Well, hold on. I'm not done yet. Uh, Then the third one has to do with aliens. I don't care. I mean, like they're funny. Um, The plot consists of uh, them trying to find their place. Third one's aliens come along and she still doesn't feel at home or like she's a part of any group of people. And then it turns out she's part alien because her grandma was part alien. Uh, So Um, they can interbreed um, with humans. So I guess like, yeah, they can. I go, which I guess that means that technically they're a part of the same species. uh, Yes, it does. I don't know. Um, Which doesn't make sense, but zombies are segregated. Um, So I guess it doesn't really matter. I will give it credit though. In the third movie, there is a song that I unironically like. Um, And I have listened to um, more than once in the past week in the car. Um, That being said, the whole trilogy, they're, they're dumb enough and funny enough to watch again. Um, I would give it like a 40. I'd give them a 40. They're not good, but they're dumb and funny enough to watch again. So I lied. I have four. Okay. One of them. I'm just going to say real quick. It was the movie 13 lives directed by Ron Howard. It's okay. about those boys in Malaysia that got trapped in the cave, the soccer team that got trapped yeah, in the cave. Yeah. And then, and then Elon Musk tried to offer up his submarine and everyone was like, that's stupid. And then he accused one of the rescuers of being a pedophile. So, uh, there was all that, uh, but they made a movie about it. Just, a you know, biopic dramatization kind of almost like, a. there's a lot of movies in this category, like deep water horizon, Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Phillips, like movies that cover real life tragedies. Uh, what's the nine United 93. That's another one. That is a tough and it's movie like, to watch. Yes. It's very much like that. It was very well done. Extremely well directed. Well acted. Uh, Viggo Mortensen's in it. So you could see Aragorn. Does he play one of the boys? <laughs> no, he plays one of the divers. <laughs> I don't really want to see it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't get to see Hidalgo acting like a 13-year-old Malaysian boy, I don't want to watch it. Was I Hidalgo his be, name or the horse's name? I don't. I've never seen it. I've only seen trailers on old VHS yeah. tapes for it. No, we no, 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 no. You and I saw the tra- the trailer for Hidalgo the, in the same place growing up before we ever knew each other, and that's on the Spider-Man 1 yeah, DVD. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. Yeah. That's the only place I know Hidalgo from. It was one of the Spider-Man movies that had that trailer on it. That anyway, cool. that's not... Um, also there was a movie I think it was The Mummy had a trailer for the other horse movie that came out that year uh, Seabiscuit with Tobey Maguire yeah was that Seabiscuit with yeah. Tobey Maguire yeah yeah. so that was on like The Mummy or some other DVD I had as a kid anyway 13 Lives is good uh, freaking 30 40 40 so and then uh, I watched Candyman the original yeah. That movie was great, man. Been a while. It's got the I'm girl from it. Electric Dreams. <laughs> Electric Dreams. Hey, there's one we could talk about. You can't get it anywhere. You can't rent it anywhere. 
it's like out of print. You have to like find DVDs online or just do what I did and watch it on somebody uploaded it to YouTube so you can find it there. It's like the movie Dogma directed by Kevin Smith. Mm. Um, the Weinstein company won't let him have that movie rights back and they quit. They won't produce Why? it anywhere and they don't have it released on anything. So you have to find a DVD for it. That's like uh, there was another movie like that. Uh, Which Dogma is actually really good. I would I recommend that movie. Well, anyway, Candyman, honestly, 18 wow. is one of the best horror movies I saw this month. There were some Jeez. parts that weren't very effective, but there were some parts that were very effective. Uh, okay. Yeah. I really just want to talk about the last two that I have. So uh, those are out of the way. You know what's a terrible movie? This is random. Mirrors. That's a terrible horror movie. With Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. Yeah. Good old Kiefer. Mirrors. The ending makes no sense. Yeah, it's dumb. Anyway, do, uh, what were you? Was those your, the zombies? Was your last movies? Yes, I did remember one though, and I might okay. as well just throw it in there. Go for it. I will say though, Mirrors. If you're like, I don't know, twelve years old, it's a spooky movie. Um, other than sure. that, it it's not very good. Um, for sure. There was a movie I remembered watching not too long ago. And I get, I don't remember if we ever talked about it or if I ever talked about it. It's a movie called the guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal, the guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like a low budget kind of like indie project movie. It's about a police dispatcher who's trying to solve a crime actively while on the phone with said suspects. And well, that's kind of cool. He was put there. In most movies, on, they just say triangulate that signal. Yeah, and then they do it. Um, he, it's a very, it's okay, it's okay movie. He was like put in on it's dispatch okay because of like police brutality, and so he was like suspended and then put on For desk sure. or something like that. And so he has like anger issues, and his wife is leaving him. And then the thing he's got to figure out is that his. Some guy calls him and he was like, my wife took the baby. I don't know where they're at. And she's like having a mental episode. Like she's like has schizophrenia or something. And then she like tries to kill the baby because she thinks that she's helping it. And the whole, the entire movie takes place in this one room of this dispatch center. I think it might follow the cops a couple times throughout the movie, but that are trying to figure it out also. Other than that, man, it's okay. I'd give it 49 Cool. That's it. You want my last two? Yeah. They're both Spooktober movies. Okay. Um, I'll talk about the one that wasn't as good first. I mean, it's still great, but I'm going to save the really good one for last. Carrie. I watched Carrie, the original, with uh, Sissy Spacek, also known as female Stephen King, for the first time, and it was good. What I would say not great. But good. What held it back? And it's weird because it's like I liked it. Um, And I know that Brian De Palma was really proud of it. I know that it's like Quentin Tarantino's like eighth favorite movie or something. And it's heralded as a great horror movie. Great Steve. That's another Stephen King adaptation that's Mm -hmm. well received. Uh, the problem for me is I felt like it was a little bit style over substance. I felt like Brian De Palma was like, look at all these cool camera angles I can do and really artsy fartsy montages. And like, like, have you seen Carrie? 
Um, unfortunately, I have actually not seen the original Carrie. I saw the remake with Chloe Moretz. Okay, I have not seen the remake. Is it good? No. Okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's the same story. I know what the story is about. It's the same. But it's thing. just a I generic mean, a modern movie. horror movie, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, the original it was good. Um, there's a, the climax of the movie is really cool. So when she goes ham at the prom and just kills everybody, the screen splits down the middle. And on one half, you're seeing Carrie and the other half, you're seeing all the people dying through the whole scene. It's just split like that. So you're watching both. It's kind of cool. Um, although I, I just feel like a lot of that style was at the expense of substance. There were, there wasn't a lot of character as much character development as I'd like and not as much, uh, I feel like it kind of lagged in the middle a little bit. So it, it was good, but not great. I would give it a, let's see, I have to do math. If I give it three and a half stars, that means it has to fall between 30 and 40, right? Hold on. Five stars. Five stars is one to 10. 20% each. Four and a half stars is 10 through 20. 20 through 30 is four stars. So yeah, 30 through 40. So I'm going to give it a 33. Carries a 33. There we um, go. The other movie I watched, which is a amazing movie that I had seen the part of and never finished. I had seen part of it with you and I couldn't stomach it was hereditary. Yeah. And I think we're probably just going to do an episode on hereditary. Actually, a lot of these we talked about today, we'll probably do end up doing episodes on in the future. So if you're sad that we did like 20 movies in one episode, don't worry. We'll probably flesh them out later, but Hereditary, I watched the first half hour of a couple years ago. And when, spoiler alert, seriously, like spoiler alert, if you have not seen Hereditary, do not listen anymore. This is a movie you're going to want to watch on your own. So that being said, whenever the little girl gets bonked on the head and her cap goes flying, uh, I said, no cap, I'm out. And I couldn't stomach it. It was so sickening and horrifying that I just couldn't do it. So I quit watching. Um, what is the good news is I finally finished it and that's actually, that's the, it doesn't get worse. I was worried it was just going to be yeah. horror, like, t- like not horror, but like, uh, sick to your stomach. This is awful after that, but it actually it gets better. It's not that sickening for the rest of the movie. And I'm saying sickening in the way that it's like, it was effective. It's in a good yeah. way. Like that's the probably the worst thing I've ever seen in the movie. It was a pit in my stomach just to think about. It. And that scene is so hard to watch. Like him trying to process it and just being in shock, and then hearing the mother, Tony Collette, is amazing in this movie. Her discovering the body the next morning, and her husband just trying to comfort her and not knowing what to do, and her screams as the kid just stands outside knowing it's his fault. All that is incredible and absolutely the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in a movie. So very effective. But then it's after that that it actually becomes a horror movie and gets scary. And I think I can say, uh, I think I can safely say, people ask all the time, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? And I usually don't have an answer because I usually say like, I don't know, Oculus, because I like movies that mess with your head or. Yeah. And like, it's, I think once you get to a certain age and like once you. Yeah. They just don't. Become desensitized. Like there's not movies that I honestly think are like scary anymore. Uh Uh-uh ever like except in the for hereditary they, except hereditary like most of the time it's jump scares and they feel cheap and i'm like well it's not a scary movie yes. it's startling and because you just blew I, audio in my earballs. that's what i said about smile is 
it was very scary. It was the most effective jump scare movie I've ever seen. Um, and I honestly did feel creeped out afterward. So that was a very plus on that, on the smile. Yeah. But it did not scare me like Hereditary did. Hereditary yeah. is a movie that I could not stop thinking about for two days. And I don't mean just like, oh, it affected me because like the trauma that the family went through and like the emotional, like all that's fine, but you're going to get way more of that out of a movie like freaking Manchester by the sea or something like that. You don't need a horror. <laughs> you don't need a horror movie to make you feel that kind of horrified. Yeah. Um, a horror, a horror movie, a good one will scare you and hereditary. That's what I mean when I say I couldn't get out of my head, the imagery not jump scares, no jump scares are in this movie. It, what is far scarier to me, and this is why I love Oculus. Oculus is a, the only other movie I'd compare to being mm-hmm. one that I couldn't stop thinking about that actually scared me. Is Oculus has one jump scare. It has yeah. one. And uh, the rest of the scares are all psychological. Like you don't know what's real and it's messing with your head, which this movie also has. Or they are things that are just so unsettling to your core that they activate your fight or flight like and yeah. give you chills like i'm getting chills thinking about some of the stuff in this movie right now Oculus is such an underrated form of that's the stuff movie. that actually scares me and yeah, i said me this too. on the smile episode is that the episodes of the twilight zone scare me more than most movies like like there are episodes of the twilight zone that creep me out to my core and give me chills but they're not there's no they're not scary but they they scare me because of the actual subject matter and just the creepiness of that is unsettling and unnatural. Yeah. And, and that's what this movie did. Um, yeah. It's the, my favorite kind of scares. What? Go ahead. It's the unnatural. Uh, and we talked about this and I won't really focus on it too long because we want to do an episode on it. Um, it. It is that unnatural uncanny Valley sense of, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why what I'm watching is, so upsetting to see or maybe you do yes and it's it just fills you with a sense of discomfort and it does like you said activates that fight or flight response in your brain of like you got to respond to this because something isn't right what what are we going to do about Mm -hmm. it Um, and uh yeah i would just yeah that's the stuff that's effective for me and the scares that scare me the most are the ones that are in this movie and in any movie is there something in the background yeah, that it does not draw your attention to. There's no or like musical cue or anything. It's just there, and it waits for you to notice it. And the fact that you noticed it is so much scarier than if it showed it to you. Yeah, I don't jump scares where like the end of Sinister, where I think a puppet just pops in front of the camera. And there's a loud noise like that yeah. is the stupidest thing I've ever seen, That's and it's cheap. not scary. I'm not going to think about that except to be mad afterward. However, hereditary, spoiler alert, the image of Tony Collette in the corner, in the bedroom, like just just chilling yeah. up there, I cannot get out of my head. I can't it's get it out of my head. So frightening. And um, like the grandma in the attic and just oh it I so anyway, all that to say, from now on when somebody asks the scariest movie I've ever seen, it's hereditary, hands down. Not to mention, um uh spoiler alert, uh listener, um as a believer, as as a Christian, there's something that feels so inherently wrong about what you're watching. Like everything that they're doing, all the motivations of the antagonists, you're like, it feels sickening to watch because you know what they're doing isn't right. It's like, 
actual evil. It's an actual it, actual occultic practice. Actual the, occultic. the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. And so there's just something really sickening about the way that they're accomplishing their goal. That's really unsettling to watch as well. Um, forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the uh, Hereditary is definitely one of those movies. I mean, it's an Ari Aster movie. I would say it is one. Um, it is just a hair above being put in the box of movies that I respect and I enjoyed, but I don't want to watch again. Um, Fair enough. Because, and it, and it's because of that first uh, scene where she, uh, the, the daughter does. Yeah. I can't, it's horrifying. It's so horrific to watch. Um, um so hereditary is great yes. and it is very scary and good to watch but bad but good yeah um, um i was also going to mention i got the pleasure of going to see john carpenter's halloween in theaters oh yeah um and i have to correct myself from when we talked about slasher movies um it is fantastic. It's I remember I think I said that it was good but not great or something along those lines. Um I take that back. It uh it is meant to be seen in theaters. Uh and seeing it in theaters, I I was blown away by how good that movie is and how effective it is and genuinely creepy. Like there are parts that genuinely creep me out and give me chills. Um yeah, it's amazing that a movie that good spawned a franchise so bad. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the original Halloween bumped itself up in my rankings. And I think I before had it at like a 20-something. Uh, but I'm going to put it at a 14. Wow. Pretty high bump. Yeah. So there we go. Do you have anything else that we need to talk about? That's a lot of movies. We're This is probably the longest episode of the podcast ever. Probably. Well, it took us a, a year to catch everybody up on all the movies we've seen. Um, I do have one more note, and it's on the, the same thing as Hereditary. I don't have any more movies to talk about as far as movies I've seen. There's a movie I'm going to talk about really quickly um, because it does have that same exact effect that Hereditary had on me when I watched it of that weird something is off it's uh-huh creepy you know it's creepy it's inciting that flight or flight response and it's a really jupiter famous ascending scene this. what jupiter ascending yeah I, I just hate it so much i want to fight everybody that's around me um <laughs> uh i've I, I read about the movie when i saw this scene uh, or this shot specifically so I already know what the movie's about. I have yet to see it. I don't even think the movie that's was necessarily received all that well. I don't remember. Um, Sleepaway Camp, or Camp, uh, I think is the name of the movie. Um, okay. It's uh, just a, you know, camp horror movie from the 80s. Uh, but there's a specific shot at the end, and I want you to look at it. It is very unsettling the way it's done. Um <laughs> Did I do the smile right from the movie Smile? Oh, uh, I thought that was uh, the Debbie Ryan um, smile. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you thought it was Pennywise. <laughs> um, 
No, but that if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So if you want the video, um, go shell out the monies. All right, continue. It's a movie I want to watch. It's at the climax of the movie. I want you to watch it right after this, just to see what I'm talking about. But yeah, something about that surreal, um, something is wrong, uncanny valley type of scenario of what you're looking sleepaway at. camp. Yeah. And what scene is it? It's the very, I know it's at the very end. It's kind of like the, the, the climax. You'll probably find uh, just. Uh, yeah, I got, I got sleepaway camp ending in all caps. Probably. Yeah. I think it's happened at the very end. Um, the way her freight, the way. Yeah. I'm reading the comments is definitely it. Um, Yeah, haven't seen it, but yeah, again, on that same note, that's the kind of effective horror that, that really jumps out at me and, and makes yeah, me the thing, attract me to a horror movie when I know it's yes, the, of that quality. The scene I always think of, this is why I go back to Oculus, as being one, it's psychological, it messes with your head, you don't know what's real, that's scary to me, uh, but it's got a lot of that unnatural stuff, and one of those things is in Oculus, oh, it gives me chills. To think about because for some reason it affects me more than like any other. There's two scenes that do this to me. One I talked about, I think in a previous episode, maybe, or I just talked to you about it. And that's psycho where mother comes out of the room at the top of the stairs. That gets me. But another one that gives me chills like that is the end of Oculus. When all the spirit, the dead, the haunting dead people are all standing and staring, just staring at the main character's. And they open their mouth just a little bit too wide. And out of each of their mouths comes a sound of an alarm clock. That, eh, 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 that kind. All of them in chorus. And just like it's like they're screaming it at them. Because in real life, the character is waking up to the alarm. But they're seeing these dead things. That gets me every time. And that's, that's a good example. Yeah. Um. What ranking did you give Sleepaway Camp? Oh, I haven't actually seen the movie. I've only seen that scene. And so oh, I, I see. Read up on the movie as a result because I was curious. I about see. It. Um, wow, Joe, this was like a long episode. Yeah. So I think we should end it on a random note. Uh... Oh gosh, there's other movies. <laughs> hey, that was a good joke. There's other movies I didn't even talk about. It's okay. I don't care. Um. <laughs> Donnie Darko, Poltergeist, I talked about a little Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, North by Northwest. Is Miracle the Kurt Russell hockey movie? The hockey, the Miracle on Ice team. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That's a good um, one. Yeah. There you go. You don't get to know what I think about them, but there they are. Uh, all right, Joe. So to end, tell me what you think of Kangaroo Jack. Um, oh, uh, with what's his name? Jerry, uh, McDonald. Um, uh, the guy from Jerry Stand McDonald was a guy I went to high school with. Jerry <laughs> O'Connell is who you're thinking of. McDonald, yeah, that's right. He was, uh, he shout was, out to uh, Jerry McDonald, I guess. I think he was the, he was the fat kid from Stand By Me. Um, and an animated rabbit. I remember they had bolos out in the desert and they were having a mirage. He was a kangaroo, not a rabbit. Hence the name Kangaroo Jack. I don't know what movie you've been watching. Um, 
<laughs> You're thinking of Peter Rabbit, I guess, or yeah. I know hey, my favorite talking- actor. My favorite actors are in Kangaroo Jack. I do remember the movie though, actually, because I did watch it a few times growing up, and for whatever reason, it stuck with me. Same. Um, I don't know. I, the last time I watched it, I was probably in like fourth grade, so I'd probably give it from my fourth grade brain. I don't know, an eleven. Yeah, let's see. Fourth grade Zephram, I'm probably going to give that thing like a 15. Now Zephram, having not rewatched it, but just based on how good it probably is, I'm going to give it an 80. Yeah, I'm going to give it an expected 76. (laughs) Yeah, I I have it rated on Letterboxd. I have it rated as two stars, and that's just based on what I think it probably is quality-wise. I talked about Little Shop of Horrors, right? Yeah. One thing I didn't mention was it has probably the best prosthetic makeup effects and mm-hmm. like puppet effects in any movie ever. Yeah, there were a lot of people working on that puppet. Really great. No wonder Frank Oz directed it. Yeah. Really great effects. Great soundtrack. Great music. And uh, suddenly Seymour. Oh. And also um, uh, on Skid Row. And also I was going to say too um, – uh, little shop, little shop of horse. I did those all in the same key, but they're not. Um, oh, none so of those things are the thing I was actually going to say. What I was actually going to say was that that movie has some of the best cameo appearances, just period. It was like every SNL star of the 80s was in Little Shop of Horrors. You had John Candy and Steve Martin and Bill Murray in one movie, and they all played just like ridiculous characters that other than Steve Martin didn't really matter for the plot. Yeah. Um, so, Oh, and, and Jim Belushi was in it too. And yeah. Christopher guest. Do you know Christopher guest was in that? I don't remember it being in that, but also the last time I watched that, he's the, he's the first guy that comes in when he sees the plane in the window and he's like, like that's an amazing plant you have in that window there. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. so Ray. kangaroo Jack 79, <laughs> <laughs> um, um props to uh rick moranus more anus more anus he mm-hmm. like adjusted his movements on set because the puppet couldn't articulate quick enough for his blocking in the scene so he moved intentionally slower and tried no to make it look natural that's because crazy. I didn't they had to notice. move at a slower rate to actually articulate all of well the he did an amazing job because i couldn't even tell and no wonder that puppet looks so well. The articulation was on point. Like the way the lips and tongue moved, I was like, dang, yeah. that looks like a person's talking. And at one point I thought, that must be why, because it sped up footage. That's why it looked the way it did. It looked almost too smooth where I thought, maybe this is really high quality stop motion. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think it was because it looked like a puppet. So there we go. That explains everything. Um, to- I will... I, d- I remember watching Kangaroo Jack. Was that just an original idea? Did somebody just in the early 2000s were like there, kangaroo with a hoodie? Dude, there is a whole story behind this. So, and I, I used to know all of it. Um, I do know that the guy who made it, I don't think ever made another movie except for ever. Um, so Kangaroo Jack was, let me see if I can remind myself by going to the, um, Wikipedia page. No way. 
Oh my gosh. I got to tell you something after we stop recording. That's crazy. It's about kangaroo okay. Jack, but I can't say it on stream. Um, <laughs> um, the original, orig initially the film was called down on down and under, and it was supposed to be like a midnight run style mob comedy. Um, had a lots of cursing, lots of sex, lots of violence. It was supposed to be a very rough movie. So this, this is really explains so much. However, the producers saw the rough cut. Um, and the, originally, there was just one kangaroo scene in this movie because it takes place in Australia. So there was a kangaroo scene. And the test screenings, the audiences had positive reactions to that scene, I guess. Like they laughed or something. And since the marketing team that was behind this movie had recently marketed Snow Dogs, they decided change everything. And just make the movie about the kangaroo. And no joke. That was what the marketing team said. The movie was done. There was a rough cut. It was a mob movie. And they, because the audience reacted positively to the kangaroo scene, and I guess animal movies are in, the marketing team says, this is a family-friendly kangaroo movie. And so they reshot here, here's this the exact word for word sentence from the Wikipedia article that will make you laugh out loud. Extensive new footage that replaced the animatronic kangaroo with a new CGI one that wrapped was shot. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then uh, the film was edited down to a PG rated family animal comedy. Even though Adam Garcia voiced Kangaroo Jack, he was not credited for the role. This oh, movie nice. has an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I don't remember story. much about that movie. Um, I remember liking it as a kid. I will tell you this right now, though. I do remember, in fact, watching the uh, direct to DVD um, animated sequel to that movie, Kangaroo Two: Good A USA, way more. And I also remember playing the special. Um, what is it, like the special behind the scenes? What, what's what's the what was that on the menu? Every DVD had it. It was the the little extra stuff that you could go and do on the DVD. What am I thinking? Special features. It? Special features. There was a special features game in the special features. Do you like remember whenever that was a thing? Yeah, I remember games playing were on American DVDs? Idol with well, Shrek, Shrek two. two. Yeah, dude, we had the same childhood, but without knowing each other. Um, um, yeah, I remember watching that and playing that game. So I'm going to give that game a rating of, I don't know, four, uh, and the movie, a rating of eh, 96. So David McAnally, that's, uh, McNally, I apologize, is an English director born in 1960. So he's like 61 now, um, is the guy that directed Kangaroo Jack. Before that, he had only made one movie, Coyote Ugly with Tyra Banks. That was his first movie. But those are the only two movies he ever made. Kangaroo Jack ended his career. And Good. get this, before he ever did any movies, he was known for music videos and commercials. His most famous commercial was a Budweiser commercial with a lobster that aired during Super Bowl 33. Super Bowl, not, wait, 33. Was that the Kurt Warner year? 
Um, no, that was a John Elway year. Oh, Broncos Falcons. Well, let's see. What was the next year? Share was the halftime show that year. I'm going to give Super Bowl 33 51. I'm going to give Share a 57. I'm going to give the Black Eyed Peas halftime show from 2011 or 12, maybe. Uh, maybe 10. But I'm going to give that halftime show from Super Bowl whatever a uh, 85 because they suck. I hate that band. I will give um, – I don't remember the name of the song. Uh, Do you believe in love after love? That one song by Cher. I'll give it like a, a 37. Hmm. What would you give Sonny? I will give him probably like a, a 14 because he makes me think of Sonny and Cher and that makes me think of Groundhog Day. And I really like that movie. That makes me think of Groundhog Day too. Man, what would Cher be without Bill Murray? You know what I'm saying? They don't hand in mind. <laughs> that's a song that is forever associated with a movie. It's also a song that's kind of ruined by the movie because it's you don't ever want to hear it again. Never. It's like anyway, Groundhog Day is a great movie. That was a great movie. What would you give Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day, we need to talk about that this year at on Groundhog Day. But honestly, let me go and see what I have that ranked as. We should Groundhog do Day. an episode on Groundhog Day style movies. Yeah, because there's Freaky Friday, not Freaky Friday. I guess that kind of is a similar, but it's not repeating days. It's just, it's a, it's like a similar feel where it's like some weird supernatural thing happened to me, but it, it's a family friendly movie, but there's literally no explanation, but I have to learn a lesson through it. Yeah, there's that movie. There's um, Freaky freaky uh there's happy death day that's the same thing happy death day um edge of uh edge of uh edge of tomorrow yeah edge of tomorrow um there's probably dang i forgot about that one um that's the one where elizabeth does the plank right yeah uh emily blunt yeah i would give emily blunt a three emily blunt gets a four for sure groundhog day gets an 11 out of me Groundhog Day, yeah, I'd probably put it somewhere in the, like the 18 range. Yeah, that's a movie that I used to say was my favorite movie. I think it, um, it's deserving man, of Steven, that title somewhere. Steven Tobolowski, what, what is he doing? He was in Memento? I still don't see Memento. You he know what's weird? You know, Ned, speaking, uh, of Ned, gra- yeah. speaking of Groundhog Day style movies, Steven Tobolowski is in Groundhog Day. He's also in Freaky Friday. Does he play the teacher? Yeah. He's like a, yeah. Yeah. I think he's the detention teacher. If I remember yeah, correctly, yeah, yeah, I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. Um, he's also in Miss Congeniality too. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, the best John Carpenter movie. Um, and he's in not mirrors, but mirror. Uh, as well as in, he should have been in mirrors. He should have been. It would have been a matter. He's also in the masterpiece Atlas Shrugged Part Three. So, the adaptation. I forgot they made a whole trilogy for that movie. Or for Oops, movie. I accidentally just liked it on my Letterboxd account, which puts it on my front page. Good job. Um. Wow, these are bad reviews. All right, before we end, since we've already gone almost two hours, I might as well do one more thing. Give me a movie to look up and read a bad review of for fun. Um, Kangaroo Jack. 
the top reviews is by by George Costanza, and it just says, "I must have done a lot more cocaine than I remember at 13." <laughs> <laughs> and then the next review is five stars, and it says, "Better than Citizen Kane." So there's that. Um, yeah. Someone else said, "I watch. I only watch this because I'm trying to watch every Christopher Walken movie." Um, <laughs> this one just says fact. This movie won the Kids Choice Award for a Kids Choice Award for favorite fart in a movie in two thousand four. Yeah, that's not um, This movie says a lot about our society. Disney three six five. If you're an OG, you remember. What would you give Disney four one one? No, I'm not ranking Disney four one one. I will, however, rank Disney XD. Um, but. Disney XD specifically at three thirty in the afternoon, right after you get off off of school, um, <laughs> and you want to take a nap. You just, you just turn you go on. Home, you want to take it down. You turn on, and it's like the worst shows because like the it's good just, ones don't come on till four. Yeah. But like, and then there's good ones at night. But it's like it's also Disney XD, so it's not. It's like the edgy Disney. It's not really what yeah. you want to watch, but you feel like you have to because you're a teenager now. Honestly, yeah. Disney XD was not it. Disney XD yeah. at three thirty was definitely not it. I'm giving it like a sixty five. Okay, I respect that. However, Nickelodeon at three thirty—that's where you want to be. Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network were always better, to me, yeah. in my opinion, than Disney. I agree. As I was growing up, like Disney had All good the- stuff when I was like a kid. But yeah. yeah, yeah, Disney was best when it was like uh, This review says Bangaroo Back somehow managed to came out in the same year as Cat in the Hat. How do we end up so lucky in 2003? <laughs> I would give Cat in the Hat probably like a, I don't know, 35. That's a funny movie. It's not good. It's just so, it's just so There's so many jokes that were so much better than the movie deserved. This review says it's so it's quoting the synopsis. It says Australia, the land down under, rugged, remote, inhospitable, and dangerous, home to 20 million kangaroos. But there is one who is more elusive and clever than all the rest, and his name is Kangaroo Jack. And then under that, it just says, My longest, yeah, boy, ever gif. Let's go. My my longest, yeah, boy, ever dot gif. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this I one will. says a celluloid hemorrhoid. That's kind of clever. I'm going to use that. That's good. Um, do me a favor because I feel like anybody that has a letterboxed is probably not going to have super high opinions of it. Look up z- the the zombies movie. Is it just called zombies? Yeah, I will. I will I'll give them this. Those movies do have a much higher budget and like a higher standard for like dancing choreography and songwriting than. These are Disney movies? Yeah. Um, I don't know which one it is. There's three movies that pop up named Zombies, and they're all from around the same time. Is it directed by Hamid Torabur? Dude, I have no idea. 2017? I know it came out that year. Did any of these Are any of these actors in it? Amanda Day, Susan Chambers, Tony Todd. I genuinely could not tell you. Here's the, here it is. 
When the world is in shambles, plagued by a zombie outbreak, only the strong will survive. But how much determination will it take? Will Luke and his crew have enough ambition and ammunition to stay alive long enough to save the human race? Nope. It's not it. Okay. It's got Milo, Mannheim, Meg Donnelly. Okay. Directed by Paul Hohen. Dude, this isn't even the this isn't even in the first six movies that pop up named zombies. That's funny. By Paul Paul Hohen. Yeah, H O E N. It's funny that Halloween two directed by Zomb- Rob Zombie popped up, but this didn't. All right, twenty zombies. I'm sorry, it came in at twenty. Paul. It's also stylized as there is a dash in between each of the letters. Oh. I don't know if you have to do that. The answer is yes, you did. That's so dumb. That's why it wasn't popping up. All right. So it's got an average rating of 2.5 stars, which is right in the middle. That's funny. Um, two star-crossed freshmen, a zombie, and a cheerleader. Oh, <laughs> it's exhausting to read. How can this re- this review says? How can people still be racist when zombies ended racism in 2018? <laughs> um, Chloe Kardashian. This this review just says I'm losing my mind. Here are some quotes, just so you can get a taste of this movie. And then it's a list of quotes. These drills are offensive and driven by zombie phobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get any ideas, Buster. If you ever touch my cousin again, it won't be pretty. What? Humans are bad, but cheerleaders are monsters. <laughs> um, I remember laughing at that quote when I heard it. Zombies are students at Seabrook too, Bucky. Is this Jordan Peterson? <laughs> Cheer up. Cheer is contagious. So is pink eye. There's also a character named Bonzo, and he's a zombie. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I found my favorite quote. Who's the zombie? I'm the zombie, and this zombie's playing some ball. <laughs> oh, I forgot. The zombie plays football, the main character. So it's like a okay, football cheerleader, sure. also segregated zombie and human. Sure, for sure, for sure. Thank you. You just thank me for rubbing peanut butter on your umbrella. I just need a little boost, okay? <laughs> You're either pro cheerleader or pro zombie. What's it going to be? Um, well, um, do the draggy leg. You surely can. <laughs> you should be, you, you should, you should be yourself. It's the, it's the coolest thing. Oh, they're funny movies. They're not meant to I'm, be. I'm cheering for a change, Bucky. Why do they keep calling each other Bucky? Bucky is that his name? Is, it's the main anti. He's the cheer captain. That's super anti-zombie. He's also the main girl's cousin. I don't know I why they it. have to establish that relationship because it okay. plays no part in the entire movie series. This review is two stars, and it says, "What if we kissed in the zombie safe room?" <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, the, Z, the Z band is just Adderall for zombies. Um, yeah. This one just says Disney is giving the gays everything they want. 
Wow. I wonder where they lean politically. <laughs> 28 days. I think it was sarcastic though. 28 days later. What if zombies can ran really fast? Disney zombies. What if zombies danced and rapped? <laughs> yeah. They're the same because he's systematically oppressed and she has a gray hair. <laughs> yeah. But then you find out she has in the third movie, you find out her hair is white because she's part alien. This review just says subtle. Half star. <laughs> um Okay. Whoa. Oh, what? Okay, I'm out of the funny reviews and into the I can't believe these people exist. I watched a review for The Purge or I mean read a review for The Purge that a while back that was like these. Um, see some of these I cannot tell if they're sarcastic because this one is wow. Amazing how relevant this still feels. Really moving and still resonates today. But it's if it was like a five-star rating and said that, then I would know it's sarcasm. But it says that and it's four stars. So that makes yeah. me think it's serious. Um, this just says, some critic, Parasite 2019, directed by Bong Joon-ho, is an absolute masterpiece when it comes to its themes about the rich and the poor divide. And this is zombies. Um, try again, sweaty. <laughs> 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 This person said, I remember in sixth grade, everyone was like, OMG, did you watch Zombies last night? So good. Sixth, sixth grade? What, grade? What? Hold on. Hey, that hold was, on. This was three years ago. This was this movie came out four years ago. So this person is in 10th grade now, I guess. They have a Letterboxd account? I'm going to their Letterboxd account. This is what we're doing now. Okay. Uh, I'm ending this episode in five minutes at the max, but we're going to go to this person's Letterboxd account. Yeah, I like how we All technically, right. we were supposed to end like 20 minutes ago. If anybody is still listening right now, they are actually the, the true fans. It's like Preston and Paul. And honestly, y'all need... Oh, by the way, in the last episode, uh, I put Preston's name in the description of the episode, like on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So he's made it from just being referenced in the audio itself to actually in print, his name is in the po uh, podcast cool. notes. That's not the point. The point is that if you're still listening right now, you have to you have to be a patron. Like you just have to subscribe to us on Patreon because you're clearly a mega fan with nothing else to do. And it's only a dollar. So just do yeah. it. It's a dollar. Um, all right. So this person's name is Camilla. Um, oh, she doesn't. Oh, here we go. Camilla's films. Hold on. All right. We got it. Oh gosh. So come and look. Just go to the account. There we go. Her four favorite films. Oh god. Can you guess her four favorite films as a high school girl? To all the boys I loved before. That no, okay, so don't go that don't go that cringy. Go a little bit more highbrow, but still like clearly ooh, a ooh. high school girl. Uh, Fault in our stars. You're a even more highbrow. Perks of being a wallflower? No. Uh, I'll give you a hint. 
Lady Bird is one of them. Oh, I mean, I'll give you this. Lady Bird was better than Boyhood, but they're the same kind of thing of like, let's watch somebody grow up. It doesn't. It only does it over the course of like a year. And I think it was well gotcha. done. But also, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I immediately know everything about this person. Her four favorite movies are Lady Bird, Gone Girl, La La Land, and Prisoners. What? What? Prisoners? <laughs> Gone Girl? <laughs> okay, maybe I don't understand her as much as I thought I did. Have you seen Gone Girl? No, I haven't. It's, it is really worth a watch. I think. You Wait, it's a David Fincher movie? Yeah, it's really good. All right. Well, never mind. I don't know this girl at all. Um, she rated Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, four stars, and just says, it has a curse word, and then it says, I'm so blue all the time. Um, she really likes Super Bad. Oh, let's look at her MCU ranking. Don't you love that you can do this? <laughs> All right, Camilla, the 10th grade girl. This is kind of weird, isn't it? This feels weird. What do you think her favorite Marvel movie is? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's No Way Home. And then it's Ragnarok, Civil War, Endgame, Winter Soldier, Ultron, Infinity War. Oh, my gosh. This is Where are all the good ones? This is the. This is not a good list. I don't respect. This it is a bad list. So, Guardians of the Galaxy is at thirteen. Um, Doctor Strange is at seventeen. I, I don't care anymore. What would you give um, Camilla, the tenth grader? Camilla, if if you're listening to this somehow. And you call in to 918-268-6337. You will be a number two rated. Oh, never mind. Pronouns in bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to probably edit that out. All right. Any last things to say, Joe, before we go? Um, no. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.